watch the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 33. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. Well, we're going to go a little off the beaten path from the Gophers this week, just a bit for the show. We're talking some high school sports with the great John Millay in our co-podcast. John is media specialist for the Minnesota State High School League, and we have some fun telling our stories of our backgrounds on this podcast. Just a couple of small town guys from Iowa living their dreams here in the Twin Cities. Stick around. I hope you enjoy some of the stories and hope you enjoy learning a little bit more about both of us. John's podcast is called Preps Today with John Millay. And of course, you're listening right now to the Go Gopher podcast, which is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. You can get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. You can do so by visiting sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. In addition to their great work business-wise, they do so much for the community. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. Tony is a big Gopher fan. And it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast another great Golden Gopher supporter. We're so proud now to welcome Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union on board. Their partnership began a couple of weeks ago with the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is your local Minnesota credit union for all of your banking needs, including the top-rated mobile app. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash go-gophers. Sounds great, right? With the Go Gopher podcast, Affinity Plus welcome aboard. I invite you to also subscribe to our podcast. It's free to click the subscribe button. You can listen at any time for free. You can go back and listen to our previous podcast as well, including last week's show, which was a great one. The Gopher Strength and Conditioning Coordinator, Dan Nickel, told us all about what goes on in the Golden Gopher football team's weight room. When we come back this week, it's high school sports, gophers, and great stories from the media world with John Millay from the Minnesota State High School League. But first, a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Uma, go Gophers. We have a fun podcast today for you. Hope you'll enjoy it this week. I'm Mike Grimm with the Go Gopher podcast, uh, and we're just in our infancy, episode number 33. And with us as part of our podcast as we're uh, tag-teaming here, episode 212, Preps Today with John Millay. John, hello. Mike, it's good to see you. Uh, we're going to have some fun here. Yeah. Uh, you you came up with this idea. To let, let's do a little uh, co-hosting of a podcast uh, because we have a few things in common. We're, uh, of course, you're big into the high school sports, and much of my early career was spent doing scoreboard shows for high schools, high school football game of the week, high school basketball game of the week, and we both grew up. <clears throat> now that we live here, I guess we can say to that hated state to the south, but we're <laughs> we're Iowegians, and we, we can uh, we can talk about that a little bit too. 
You bet. You bet. Yeah, it's good to it's good to see a fellow Iowan. There's a lot of us up here there in are. Minnesota, though. That's the thing. There are. There's there, a lot of us. You see, uh, you see occasionally. Uh, driving down the road, an Iowa State bumper sticker, a Hawkeye or Northern Iowa, and then you see Iowa license plates because they have to come here to you know to shop. That's it. And, and in know. Iowa, the license plates have the county yeah. on them. You can yeah. pinpoint those guys, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Funny, uh, two weeks ago I was in Sioux City, Iowa. I'd never been there okay. for a wedding for uh, a friend of our family by the last name of Woodbury. So Woodbury guess County. what? Woodbury, Woodbury County. County. So I we're at the hotel, and the whole parking lot's full of uh, license plates. We're at a wedding with the last name Woodbury, <laughs> and people from Minnesota are going, how did they get their license plates to have their last name? <laughs> All these Woodburys here. Talk about great, personalized but, yeah. plates. <laughs> my, uh, my home is Delaware. It says Delaware County. What, uh, you're Gretinger? Gretinger, Iowa. And South. So, I tell Minnesotans, if you know where Fairmont and Jackson are, yeah. about 40 miles or so south of there. So. Football factory, too. We've had our we've had our run in Gretchen. Yeah. When I was a senior in high school, nineteen seventy six, the fall of seventy six, we played in a class A state championship game at the then brand new Unidome yeah. at the University of Northern Iowa <laughs> on that turf that was like concrete. Yep. We did not win. That's the I don't talk about that a lot. And then I think four or five or six years later, one of my younger brothers, same thing, got to the state championship game. Again, we're 0-2 in the Unidome, yeah. but yeah, great football. And it's it's a story of little small town shrinking. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like we were the Grettinger Pirates for 100 years. And then at some point in the 80s or 90s, they became the Grettinger Terrell Knights. Now it's the Grettinger Terrell Ruthven Ayrshire Titans. Wow. So there's used to be four school districts. Now there's two, Grettinger Terrell, that's a district, Ruthven Ayrshire, that's a district, and they co-op in every sport. Is it just to have enough football kids. or is it full 11? They're full 11 man, right. I think, now. They've been nine man. It's nine, eight yeah. man. No, it's eight man. It's eight nine there, right? Yeah. Nine here. They've yeah. kind of gone back and forth from eight man to, to class A, and I think they're back to 11 man yeah. football now, but it's tough. So what what uh, what license play, what's the county in Grettinger? That Palo Alto. Oh, Palo Alto. Yes. So I worked at nine years in Cedar Rapids uh, at WMT, which, you know, uh, is a, it was a nice big AM station. I did uh, first job. Uh, I did the overnight show, 10 p.m. until 4 a.m. I hosted a general talk show with no call. I'm the only guy in the building. So it's just right. like, hello, caller, you're on the air. <laughs> what and then do you want to talk who about? Knows what, who knows, yeah. right? What uh, You get drunk people. You get yeah. the a lot of the same people. We kind of almost had a cast of characters. But my favorite part of early in that, and you, I was getting paid almost nothing to do that, yep. um, was on Friday nights uh, at that time. This was my first job. was 1993. Um, and there was no internet. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think, no, there was no internet. There wasn't email. And so there's no Twitter. There's no, so to get your high school scores, people jump in the car, they're driving home from their games. Guess what? They flip on you 600 AM. And so I was well known right off the bat because it was so many people. And so I, of course I got a big kick out of, I'd be driving, oh, yeah, I heard you on the yeah. radio giving oh. the scores. And, and I, I was an organized guy. I put it in the districts and I had it organized. And so coaches like that, cause they could listen. They knew when right. their district was coming up and right. then they knew to listen closely yeah. to see, cause back then there's no cell phones even. No. So you're not calling someone to say, hey, did, like my high school is West Delaware, they'd be interested in, say, like what Decorah was doing. And uh, now you just two punches of a button, basically, oh. and you find the score. But back then, you had to listen to WMT to get the score. It was different. You know, and you've mentioned Sioux City and Cedar Rapids. I went to college in Sioux City for two years. I worked at the Cedar Rapids Gazette yes. for a year and a half way back then. So, way yeah. Back. And I'm proud to say I was the sports editor of the Ottumwa Courier for about 18 months. Ottumwa, yeah. Was that is that uh, Tom Arnold's hometown? <laughs> yes. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, see, and back then it was Radar O'Reilly's hometown. Yes, right, from Mass. Then Tom Arnold yes. and Roseanne Barr became big. So 
Tom Arnold's hometown. But yeah, I started in college at, at Briarcliff in Sioux City for two years, transferred to Drake in Des Moines. Yep. And started working at the Des Moines Register, the newspaper I grew up reading. Mm -hmm. God bless my mom and dad for subscribing to the, the Big Peach. The Big Peach, yeah. just like here, the Star here, Tribune right? used yeah. to have the Big Peach. They used to be owned by the same company. Yeah. And uh, went to Drake, started working part-time at the Des Moines Register. My first night of employment there was the first Friday night of high school football, kind of like your radio yeah. thing. There's a million phone calls it's coming crazy. in from every game in the state, yeah. and I'm answering phones, writing down scores, a few details, and absolutely loved it. I'm yeah. looking at all these nameplates on these desks of these guys I read my whole life. Right. Maury White, Buck Turnbull, Ron Malley, Chuck Burdick was the preps guy. I got to know them all, work with them all. And, and then, of course, I, I stayed on as I finished college. Well, when I was a senior in college, I was working 40 hours a week on the sports desk. At the register. At the register. Yeah. I'm set for life. This is my dream. I'm set for life. And the year, about a year and a half after I graduated, the Des Moines Tribune was the afternoon paper. They closed it. And layoffs. layoffs. So I went from there, lucky to get a job in Ottumwa. Yep. Then the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Loved it there. Did a lot of Iowa, yep. University of Iowa stuff, as you know. And and uh, then ended up in Phoenix for six years at the, at the Arizona Republic, the newspaper there. Then came to the Star Tribune in 1991, came back home, and that's 31 years ago. Yeah. But time flies. It does. Yeah. I, I was just uh, back at this wedding. Uh, people that I knew were asking, uh, this would be, what, your ninth year of the Gophers? I'm how about 17. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. I can't it believe flies. 17. Just flies. We moved here. My son and daughter were first graders and kindergartners. My son just graduated from college. My daughter is going to be a senior in college. And I don't know where no, that all went. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, when we moved here, we, well, our daughter, who's 31, she spent the first 20 days of her life in Arizona. It was, <laughs> try talk about yeah. getting hired at the Star Tribune. Your wife's about to give birth and it's March. They want you right now yeah. to help out with March. I, can I start in May? We're having a baby. I got a house to sell. We, it worked out great. And our, our two little boys were, one of them was started kindergarten here. The other one, I think, second grade. And now I'm a grandpa. The older one has right. two kids. And how did that happen, <laughs> Here we Mike? are, right? Yeah. yeah. Here we are, no <laughs> doubt. So you, what year did you get to Minneapolis? 90, 91. 91. Yep. Gotcha. March. And then, and you covered preps for the Star Tribune then? Well, I was on the desk for desk five years, six okay. years. Okay. And uh, was introduced to editing the Sid Hartman column. Yes. And uh, that's, So you had that role for a while. I was one of those people yeah. who did that. And, and God bless Sid. He could be hard on people, but he never took that for granted. The people who translated mm -hmm. his column yeah. from Sid into English. Yes. <laughs> and you, when you got to work and you saw your assignments for the night yeah. and you saw the Sid column, you, you rolled up your sleeves and, and got to work. The info was always great. It was there. It just you had to sift through some of it. Was, right. Names were not spelled correctly. Yeah. The sentences weren't properly formed. But nobody could get info like him at that oh, time. Oh, right? unbelievable. No, there's yeah. been nobody. I don't know of anybody like Sid ever yeah. anywhere. Just remarkable. Just, we, could, yeah. we could do a whole podcast. Oh, I mean, there have been podcasts about that. Absolutely, but, yeah. yeah. So I did. I was on. I was a desk guy, writing headlines, laying out pages, waiting for the writers to file their stories. Let's edit these. Let's proof the pages, and then move to the sports writing side of it in '96, and kind of did everything. Kind mm -hmm. of a general assignment sports reporter from the get go. I helped cover the the Wild their first couple of years, Timberwolves for for years. Did 40, 50 Twins games some year, home home and away, and. 
I wasn't a Vikings writer, but I was always thrown into the beat for the playoffs. Sure. So every one of those huge, disappointing Vikings losses, <laughs> you were there? I was there writing in the, from the other team's locker yeah. room yeah. before the loss to the Falcons in, at the Metrodome, that famous NFC yeah. championship game. I had been sent to Atlanta the week before where the 49ers and Falcons played, and the Falcons won that game. I spent the week in Atlanta hanging out with the Atlanta Falcons. This is pre-internet. This sure. is me and... Five people from Atlanta media yeah. for the week, you know, and yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I I, uh, I wasn't cheering for the visiting team yeah. that day at the Metrodome, yeah. but I, these are good guys. Yeah. This is okay, <laughs> no doubt. And then you got uh, then because your identity kind of turned yeah. into right preps, and, right? Yeah. yeah. At some point, I, I moved. I'd, I'd done preps kind of all the way through, just yeah. here and there, helping it, helping pitching in, and then kind of moved to that permanently. Just loved it because. Yeah. As I tell a lot of people, there's not a lot of things everybody has in common, but we all went to high school. A lot of us were involved in activities, whether it's sports or arts, whatever. Everybody knows what's, what that's like. And I really love that about writing about high school sports. And and through that job came to cover the Minnesota State High School League, where I've been working for 12 years now. Covered board meetings, just the business of the league, all the tournaments, and I was talking to Dave Stead, the now retired executive director, on the phone. I don't even know what story I was working on. I was at home talking to Dave just about something run-of-the-mill prep story involving the high school league. And I don't. there was controversy swirling at the time, and people were mad at the state high school league. I, I don't remember the details. And I just – this thought popped into my head as I'm talking with Dave Stead. I said, have you ever thought about having a staff position – kind of a PR, kind of somebody to tell the stories because you're really – because at that point, they didn't – they would make right. decisions, no comment. Yeah. And, and people were mystified and and he hadn't thought of that. At, at the time, no high school governing body in the country had anybody like that and and Dave was very smart. He basically created this position, my title's media specialist. Yep. At some point in the process, and it was a lengthy process, I thought – yeah, I was perfectly happy at the paper. I was more than happy at the paper. I loved the newspaper business. That's all I knew. But they posted this position. I looked at it and I said, yeah, I'm going to apply for this. And they interviewed, I don't know, half a dozen people. And and at the time, the Star Tribune, this is pre-Glenn Taylor owning yeah. the Star. It was ugly down there. Sure. Layoffs, buyouts, benefits getting cut. And it was a pretty easy decision at the time. And I know some people were just – stumped why I would leave the newspaper for this job that nobody knew what this job was. Right. I had a pretty good sense of what it could be and and it was lightning in a bottle. This was I wasn't going to get another opportunity. I get to stay in the preps world. I get to do what I want to do and, and go all over the state, which and is tell great stories. Tell these stories. Yeah. You, you know, it's professional sports, even D one college mm -hmm. sports, there are limitations a lot of times yeah. on the media. High school sports I was up in Royalton last week on the first day of football practice. The coach says, hey, we're going to have a team meeting before we go out to the field. you want to come in? Yeah, sure. Yes. So <laughs> next week I'm going to go down to Leroy Ostrander for the defending nine-man football state champions first game. I'm riding the bus with the team to the road game. So, yeah, it's well, great. It's just and, great, and, Mike. And it, you're right. You said lightning in a bottle, maybe in more ways than one, too, because it also, I think, all evolved as – so much started to evolve yeah. in terms of how people consume their content, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Twitter and Facebook oh. and internet and web pages yeah. and all that yeah, stuff. Uh, it turned into a, a, almost just this golden. Yeah. I mean, now you know your legendary car you're driving yep, around, yep. And, and you've got the blogs and you've got uh, yep. stories, and yeah. it, it really did blow up. Yeah, I, it, I had a Twitter account at the paper. Yeah. I didn't know much about Facebook. Our oldest son was in college. <laughs> he was home or we were there in Chicago visiting him. And he's telling us about this thing called 
Facebook. We'd never heard the word. And he said, you guys can't be on it because you have to have an email address that ends in EDU. It was just for college kids. You know, started at Harvard, yeah. worked its way across the country. And yeah, it, it came out okay. Yeah. It became yeah, a it thing. It turned okay, yes, But we yes. have with Twitter and, and I run the High School League Facebook page. We have Instagram and TikTok and the whole thing, which for an old timer like me, I, I that's not my – Wheelhouse, I guess Twitter is great. I love Twitter because yeah. you can get on there and have fun and spread information and, and tell these stories, put links to what's on my John's Journal site at mshsl.org. And yeah, it's fantastic. It's not it's not work at all. Yeah. It's that's the beauty of uh, when you when you do what you love. Yeah. It it doesn't seem like a job. You mentioned at the time that you guys had started talking about this that you know the high school league was and I think there's still you know people who oh the high school leagues messed this up right. or that up. It's a hard it's a hard job because you have so many constituents right. whether it's right. fans, schools, coaches, athletes, you know, right. uh, you can't please everybody no. ever. No. Um, but that said, uh, and and I know people think, "Oh, well, they're only worried about this, or they're only worried about that." And you know, it's same with uh, like I'm with the Gopher and people, oh, well, they don't care. They just want money. Right. Of course they want money. Sure. But there's so many good people that want right. to do right. And if you were there every day, right. like you are and yeah. like I am at, at, at with, with the Gophers, um, the vast majority, and I don't mean like 58%, I mean like 98%, yeah. maybe 99%, uh, the, the 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 decisions are made based on what they truly believe are going to be the best right. results for the people that really are important to the right. whole thing, usually right. the student athletes, and then yeah. you go from there. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's perfect. That doesn't no. mean mistakes aren't made. So how, how was that uh, for you when you first transitioned? Because it, you know, you went from a guy who's covering and trying to maybe right. find out, hey, w- is this the right decision, wrong decision? Right. To now you're on maybe the other side where you want to, uh, you know, tell good stories right. and showcase uh, exactly. what, what's happening. Yeah, I, I live tweet from high school <laughs> board of directors meetings. There's six of them a year, and yeah. if they're talking about shot clocks. Or things like that, people are paying attention. Of course, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been an eye-opening thing for me because I covered the league for years. I thought I knew how this place operated. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I knew everything. I'm still learning. 13 years right. in because it's a, it's it's not the NCAA. People think it's like the NCAA right. that there's an enforcement division and these transfer <laughs> rules. Everybody's violating them. Well, we don't have an enforcement division. Right. But yeah, whether it's transfers or how state tournaments work or ticket prices or why can't I get a program. In my hand, why does it have to be online? Well, right. things evolve, things yes. change, and that's hard for people. And and but yeah, it's the people that work there and have worked there. There's been a pretty good turnover of staff in my yeah. time there. I'm one of the old timers now. There was a joke. <laughs> I was on double secret probation because I was the new guy for about three years. And they're all great people. You know, if you're going to become a, an administrator at the high school league. Basically, you've you've been a coach, you've been a teacher, you've been an athletic director, you've been a principal or a superintendent. You know this world. Mm-hmm. They know the educational yeah. world. I don't. I'm right. a, I'm a media guy. I'm a yeah. reporter. But there isn't anybody there who doesn't work super hard, way past forty hours a week, year round, basically. Right. And their phone's always ringing. Their email box is, is always uh, dinging, and and they do a great job. And and just but you're right, just the communications. It used to be if somebody anywhere had an issue with the state high school league, you might make a phone call. You probably write a letter. Yeah. And now it's I mean there there are meetings. When COVID started, we started having Zoom meetings with every athletic director in the state who, who wanted to be on there. Here's what's happening right now, and now they're every other week. But it's a huge. You couldn't do that. 
five years ago. Right, right. Get everybody on the same on the same Zoom meeting. What would Zoom? That's what an airplane does. <laughs> yeah, and so the communication has really, really been great, like in every mm-hmm. other walk of life. But, yeah. Yeah, people think the high school league is all about the money. Yeah, the, the high school league needs money to keep these programs mm-hmm. going for these kids. But for me, it goes back to when I was interviewed for this job. Part of the process was I was in a room with, I think, six high school league people, employees in the office. They were doing mass group interviews with the finalists. And Kevin Merkel, also now retired, um, great staff member for a long time. I, I distinctly remember Kevin asking me, okay, John. This job, this media specialist, what's the most important thing about this job? If you see yourself in this, what's the most important thing? And it was a no-brainer. The kids. Mm -hmm. The kids. That's this whole building. (laughs) Everybody here, it's about the kids. And I've tried to maintain that through my work. And and I've told a few people when I'm writing about high school kids, I want to treat them like they're my kids Mm -hmm. because they are. You know, they're all all of our kids. And we got to treat them right. And sure, issues come up. Kids do do things they shouldn't. We all did that. We've all been there. Yes. But it's that's the whole thing with the high school league. It's about the kids, whether right. you're talking ticket prices or anything. It's it's about the kids. You know, if you if you don't like the ticket prices, well that that they're set in a way to keep the high school league healthy. Money goes back to schools at the end of the year. And, you know, it's all about the kids. It really yeah, is. For sure. I I was uh, heartened. I watched some of the Little League World Series over the weekend, some of those games. In fact, there's a team from Iowa, our home state, in yep, there right yep. now. Um, they beat Utah, I think, the game I was watching. And as that game was going on, the white, uh, the Red Sox and the Orioles, uh, they played that game Sunday night. Yeah. And um, they were arriving. And I don't remember which Red Sox it was, which Red Sox player it was. I think it may have been J.D. Martinez. He was being interviewed on the TV by a student reporter. And she said, what, um, what's your advice to the little leaguers? And my hunch is she was thinking he'd say, you know, stay back on the pitch or hit to all fields or whatever. And he had a two-word answer, have fun. And I'm exactly. like, bingo, that's the whole, I've that's why that we do this, so right? many times. Yeah. I was at the Vikings practice on Thursday. Really cool story. Uh, the 49ers were here to practice with yeah. the Vikings. Trey Lance, yeah. the number Marshall. one quarterback, is from yeah. Marshall. The Vikings who are so good at so many things. They got a hold of Terry Ballman, the Marshall football coach, a week before. You want to bring your team here? We'll pay for the buses. Wow. Trey Lance finds out his hometown high school team is coming. He pays for their meals. (laughs) So three hours on a bus from Marshall. Um, They watched practice. They got VIP access. They're down on the field level. And there were just so, so many great parts of this. They got to meet with Trey and get photos and selfies and get autographs. And, but the Vikings brought in Chad Greenway and Ben Lieber, just kind of gathered the 105 Marshall Tigers, yeah. kind of pulled them off to the side. And Ben and Chad kind of had the same kind of message. Hey, you know, watch what watch your position guys out here on an NFL field. See what they're doing. But soak everything in. Have fun. Yeah. And and Chad, who I've known Chad Greenway now for quite a while because yeah. his kids are involved in yeah. high school sports. He's a big booster. So we were chatting out there. But when he talked to the Marshall kids, he said, basically, I played in the Big Ten at the University of Iowa. I played in the NFL. My favorite memories are competing with my buddies in high school. Mm-hmm. And and. 
kids can't hear that enough so from, from true, players too. on that level. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah. I, I was I was just back in my hometown this past weekend and uh, hanging out with a couple of buddies, and we did. We we uh, and uh, luckily, my, luckily, I say this luckily, just in relation to this story. I've always would want my wife around, of course, but she was not on the trip, so right. luckily she didn't have to hear these stories rehashed for the ninetieth time. <laughs> exactly. She goes to the other room and rolls her eyes, and she's like, "You guys have told that story every time I come back." I'm like, "Of course we have. That's what you do. Why wouldn't we? You no, why not? Right? Why, now? I mean, you know. Oh yeah, I remember we played Clarence Loudon, and uh, we were ranked, and they weren't, and they upset us, and I got picked off first base only time in my career. And you remember that jump, right? <laughs> you do. It's like what the heck? And you know, I can't remember literally what I just had for lunch an hour ago, but I can remember 1989 getting picked off at first base only time in my life. I can remember that you feeling know? in 1976 <laughs> in the Unidome. It, we the game was close and we, down to the wire. Yeah, we did not win, and I'll never forget that feeling. Yeah. And we talk about it, we laugh about it, but when I'm at a state tournament now, Minnesota State Championship game, any sport, I always pay attention to the team that didn't win. Because I and I've I've told coaches right. this after games. I know how they feel. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. It's not it's never gonna be perfect, <laughs> but it's gonna be okay. And when it doesn't, when it's not okay, like uh one of and you you'll recognize his name, the great uh, Ron Skipper, the coach at yeah. Central. You know, you uh, he's kind of of Iowa what you know Coach Gags was here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they would go to division three championships all the time. He, I think he won a couple. Um he finally retired because the losses took such a toll on yeah, him. Yeah, that's something. He just like he's like it, w- they got to be so good. Yeah, that wins were just yeah. That's expecting you lose, and he's like it's oh, a funeral. It's devastating. You lose one game a year, and your season's over. And he he's like I, yes. I'm, uh, it's just I can't. we all strive yeah. for perfect right? perfection. I, I'm not at that point. If yeah. I if I get a typo in a headline, <laughs> yeah. that's not gonna it's gonna ruin my day, but not gonna it, ruin it, the it, next. We day. won't retire yet, right? <laughs> yeah, but that that eventually, I think uh, I remember interviewing him. Uh, Central's playing Warburg. I don't know if he's still the coach now, but uh, Mark Kakmarinski was the star player for Central at the time. Yeah. He broke his leg in the games. So I was doing the broadcast on WMT uh, um, and interviewing Ron Skipper afterwards, and he's crying, tears running down That's his amazing. face, talking about his. He knew they knew it was a broken leg. He's out, oh. and he's crying, yeah. tears running down his face. Yeah. And so you know, it's know, some man. of those stories. Division yeah. three high school, even yeah. you know at the at the higher levels, we, I see it all the time with the Gophers. How coaches care for kids, oh, and yeah. you know, and and, and how it goes. So I'm so uh, I, I I just. We all should thank our educators and mm-hmm. our, our teachers and our coaches, and I always try to do that. Nobody's more important in this world than yeah. teachers and coaches. So, and I'm my mom is a retired elementary teacher. One of our kids is a teacher, and yeah. boy, there's just nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. And uh, here uh, in in Minnesota, with the unions and different things, it's pretty good. I mean, I still think. Teachers are underpaid, but right. it, it, it's pretty good here. It's, There's yeah. some places that aren't yeah. as good around the country. Yeah, one of our other kids lives in, in Mesa, Arizona, where he was born. Yeah. He's back there. <laughs> he, he's he, a longtime teacher. He's got two music degrees from the University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then a, a master's and a doctorate in percussion from Arizona State. He stayed down there. And... Uh, Music teacher for a long time, professional musician. He's he he kind of got out of it. He's now a computer yeah. guy. He during the during COVID, he kind of kind of became trained as a website designer. Yeah. Now works for a international tech company. I can't blame him. Yeah, teachers in Arizona is it's not like teaching in Minnesota. Is that it's right? Yeah, the pay and all the, everything. It's just not as good. So yeah. we're lucky here. We're lucky, and it still can be better. I mean, absolutely right. I mean, at the yep. end of the day, but um, uh, we we do have a really good system here. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so. 
uh, going back, I was I was going to tell a few stories about. Uh, so I I went I went to Luther College yep. in Decorah, sure. in Iowa, and then my first job was in WMT and, and Cedar yeah. Rapids. Mentioned it this this overnight job with this yeah. with this weird call in show from one to three. But the highlight early my first three or four years was doing this prep scores, yeah. and then I slowly worked into some sports and some news, and then. I'm going to say it was about 97. Uh, at that time, WMT pretty much blanketed the eastern half of the state. And this was back in the 90s, 80s and 90s when when car radios were were built to pick up a Like you can't get AM very well oh, now no. on oh, a car because, no. right. you know. But right. back then you could pick up, you know, and I'd listen to CCO radio. I'd listen sure. to KMOX in St. Louis where, uh, weird enough, now I've m- m- uh, through my career I've been on both those stations yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a great deal, which has been kind of a thrill. <laughs> and WHO in Des Moines yeah. had that great oh, clear absolutely. channel. I was on that station for... For, for a while. Anyway, the station WMT in Cedar Rapids, uh, uh, 97 or so, I, I, I'm trying to recall, uh, they had always done a game of the week, high school game of the week. And so I got chosen to be the new voice of that. Sure. So it was so cool. We would do uh, on Thursday nights, they would play at Kingston Stadium right. in Cedar Rapids, which yep. is the municipal stadium. Been there. Yep. Five, six, seven high schools in Cedar Rapids would share. So one would have to play on a Thursday right. and that usually take up two teams. And then another two would play on Friday. Then the rest would either have to play road games or yep. Linmar, which yep. nobody, cares. nobody here probably cares, but Linmar <laughs> had its own field. I've been and there. Prairie, where my nieces graduated yep. from, they had their own field. Yeah. So there was enough. But we would go Thursday to yeah. the game at Kingston and then we would pick the area game of the week on Friday. Yeah. So it would be Solon and Lisbon, yeah. Benton Community in West Delaware, Iowa City High and Iowa City West, all these great sure. rivalries. And, you know, I had I had a buddy who was in the print business, so we printed up these pullovers and oh, I had the man. gears. So we walked in feeling yeah. like a million bucks right oh, on Friday. Monday Night Football. And you could just see people like, <laughs> oh, WMT's doing yeah. a game. Oh, it's and huge. then we'd call the game. And then I'd get every week, I don't know, eight Nah, maybe that's two, but six or seven people. Again, this is pre uh, email was just starting okay. probably. Um, but hey, can I get a tape of the game? Tape of the game. So I'd say send the tape. Half my job then became oh, dubbing cassettes yes. for parents because I, I wasn't going to charge them right. or whatever. But it did take time. Oh, it, you that's know, not e- that wasn't game. easy. So no. I just have to do this high speed dub and then I'd send them back. But sure. it was so much fun going out there. If I was still, I always tell people, if I was still doing that today, I'd be totally content. Yeah, I, I miss it some. Yeah. I mean, even you know, I live in Lakeville, so uh, my kids went to North uh, when they were in high school. Uh, my son did not play football, but uh, he was a baseball player, so yep. a lot of his friends and I coached his baseball team coming up, so knew a lot of those sure. kids. They won the state title in yeah. 2019, 2018, um, and just so I would still... The Gophers were home, obviously on a road. I had to fly. I would, right. I would go. I just yeah. go sit and watch because oh, I love it. You know, you just yeah. the, the high school football scene yeah. is great. So I did that uh, right up until I got. Then I moved to St. Louis and yep. and uh, and then took I, I took that St. Louis job one because KMOX is a pretty darn good station. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, w- I grew up a Cardinals fan and a Jack Buck guy. There you go. So I got to work with Jack for one oh, year man. before he passed away, and then. Um, but part of why I took that job, my wife. Grew up here, and her family, uh, big season ticket holders to go for basketball, was we did want to get into the Minneapolis market. And right. I thought, you know, St. Louis, if, if I stayed in, if I was still in St. Louis, I'd be totally concerned. Sure, I mean, what's sure. wrong with going watching and covering the Cardinals every night? Oh, which no is, kidding. You know, which is what I did for five years, hosting their pregame and postgame show. But um, the part of the attraction was if we do want to get back to the Twin Cities, it's going to be an easier jump from KMOX than Cedar Rapids, yes. even though I love Cedar Absolutely. Rapids as well. Uh, but anyway, so that that's that's kind yeah, of we, my we kind high of school similar, background, similar kind of We kind of, of have track, a similar right? path. We yeah. both in, started in Iowa, ended up here. And, you know, when we went to Phoenix, that was to the Arizona Republic. That was a huge jump from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Yeah. I knew a guy down there I'd worked with in Des Moines. 
go down for an interview. Like I call the guy. Here they have an opening. I call yeah. the guy. I'm flying down there the, like the next day. <laughs> Spend a couple days, interviews, out to eat with people. I get home. The next day they offer me the job. And we had a baby, and and and, and it, was just, it happened really fast. And I, and my wife was not fired up. Yeah, she, her father had passed away not too long before, and it was a strange time. But I I, I kind of said, honey, we're not going to get another chance like this. Yeah. And I had an aunt who lived in Scottsdale <laughs> and owned some duplexes, and one of them was available. Boom! The right? stars were aligning, and we got down there and. and Loved it. And it was different than it is now. You had the Phoenix Suns and Arizona State. Yeah. You know, the Cardinals came later. Uh, they had AAA baseball and hockey. Nobody knew what hockey was. It was, right. And, and, you know, two of our three kids were born there. We still have very close friends and former colleagues there. And get down there not as often as we used to because our other son, who lives outside of San Francisco— We've got grandkids there. That's the draw now. Yes. But we, we didn't think we were going to be lifers in Arizona. And we kind of, again, pre-internet, you know, you could call home and talk to your parents and the, and our kids' grandparents. It was an expensive phone yes, call. Yes, it was. <laughs> so you'd shoot pictures with your little yeah. your little Polaroid or your little camera, take the film in, get triple prints. So each set of each yeah. gra- the grandparents and mail them. And, mail them. <laughs> and that was really part of the reason we wanted to get back to the Midwest. I yeah. interviewed for a job in Fort Lauderdale at the newspaper there was offered the job. We don't want to go to Florida. Yeah. And then so, you know, we would have gone back to Des Moines, Chicago, Omaha, and uh, ended up at the Star Tribune. Yeah. Just perfect. Couldn't have been better. Got us basically home. Yeah. Grettinger, I was three hours away. My mom's still living there in the house. Easy she and my dad raised down. six kids yeah. and we get down there when we can. And, and uh, yeah, and living in the high school world, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I can go on and on, Mike, yeah. about how great it is. And, you know, I'm going to ride this bus with the Leroy Ostrander right. Cardinals. I'm going to go up to Wadena, you know, in a couple of weeks to watch a 5 o'clock volleyball match at a 7.30 football game. And and I just, I can't imagine anything more fun. Right. It's just. And all the school spirit and everything that that, yeah. that, that entails the, the high school athletics is 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 just you know worthwhile. There's no yeah. question about that. But um, it, when I was you mentioned the the register and the Gazette and the yeah. Iowa stuff. So when I was in Cedar Rapids on Tuesday nights, we would host a sports talk show. So a lot of the guys you've mentioned, Ron Malley, yeah. would come on that show a yeah. lot. Randy Peterson, who's still oh yeah, there. Randy's still there. Uh, Mike Halas at the <laughs> yeah, Gazette. Yeah, yeah, I worked uh, with Mike. You know, all those guys yep. uh, would uh, would come on those shows, and we had a good time. And uh, Ron Gondor. Who at that time was the oh. voice of the Hawkeyes? Um, goose. One, yeah, Goose. One of the one of the voices. Oh, there were ba- like when I was growing up, there six were, or seven. There were, there were like seventeen yeah. stations at one. There point. There was no exclusive them. contract. Yeah. I, I I remember driving and going out to the lake, Ingham Lake, outside of my hometown on a Saturday afternoon, if I could get my hands yes. on the family car, <laughs> listening to Jim Zobel at WHO yes. call Hawkeye games. And so I'm a high school kid. I'm 16, 17, and I, I was just grew up a big sports fan. Yeah. Reading the Des Moines Register, hanging out with the high school teams when I was a little kid. It's all I ever wanted to do. Thought about maybe education and coaching, but went into this. It's been perfect. But I can just remember being in that car by myself, listening to that crowd at mm-hmm. Kinnick Stadium, yeah. and thinking to myself, 
that's where I want to be. Yeah. That's what I want yeah. to do. And I've been really fortunate to do that on the college level, the professional level, and now in this sweet little high school world. Yeah, we have a similar, you're right, we've, we've got these parallels. Because So I grew up listening to Ron yep. Yonder yep. at WMT. My hometown, Manchester, is about 40 miles or so from Cedar Rapids. Yeah. Listened on occasion to Jim Zabel and the great Bob Brooks. Oh. Uh, we've lost Brooksy and yeah. Zabel. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ron, I worked for Ron at WMT for eight years and then took over when he retired as a sports director. Yeah. Lasted one year at that and then went on to St. Louis. Sure. I just had lunch with Ron last month. Well, it would be, it was in June. So two months okay. ago now, uh, he's still doing great. Uh, and, and, and just, you think about a kid who grows up similar to what, you know, in Manchester worked for the guy he grew up listening to in the summers, I'd listen to KMOX and WCCO. Oh, so then I get a job in St. Louis and work with Jack Buck. Yeah. So one time, John, in my, in my career where, um, I was a little, um, I, I don't know why I think I, I have this just when I'm in the process. I don't – I'm not – in like I'm never like, oh, my gosh, I'm interviewing Kirk Cousins or right. P.J. Fleck or whoever. Sure. I, 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 you just, I just get into this zone. Right. But when Jack Buck walked into the office oh, at KMOX – and and I, I and a weird story that they had this the sports office had this sliding glass door, and we had a water the water cooler was yeah. in there so people yeah. would come in and out all the time so when the door would open I wouldn't I'm on the job three days and it already was like I'm not that's a news guy coming in so sure. the, I hear the door open I'm typing, and then I feel like someone's standing right to my left I look up and it's Jack, Jack Buck. Buck I had no idea what to say none I'm just like. Well, hello. And he goes, and I, I swear, this is this is the story. I swear to God, he says, so you're the new kid? I'm like, I am. You're from Iowa? I'm like, I am. Do you know Jim Zobel? I said, I do. Let's call him up. Oh, wow. And I had, at WMT, we were, we were partners with WHO. So sure. when Jim would go to Arizona in the winter, yeah. I would anchor his sportscast on sure. WHO in the afternoon from WMT in Cedar okay, Rapids. So sure. I was on WHO all the time. Sure. I ne didn't go to Des Moines very often, yeah. but we just had that magical hookup, right? Right. So I knew that hotline number to WHO off the top of my... So I just dialed it up. Z answers. Oh, man. And, and Z loved me, so it was great. Yeah. So he's like, Ah, Grammar, how you doing? Uh, how's St. Louis? Uh, what First week, first week. I said, I got somebody who wants to talk to you. Hand the phone to Jack Buck. And Mr. Buck says, Ohio State 50. <laughs> The blank in Hawkeye's nothing. Because <laughs> since Jack Buck was an Ohio State, oh, that's yeah. how they met way back. Oh, man. Jack was working at the student station at Ohio State when Zabel was doing Iowa games, oh, and they and they yeah. met back how then. How about that? And so all these years. And, and so the story always went, Jim would tell people that Jack Buck offered him a job to join him to do Cardinals games. Okay. And most people and I were like, come on, Jim. Jack Buck didn't offer right. you the job. right. So they talk for 40 or 50 minutes. I'm just sitting there. I'm doing my work. They hang up. It's like the greatest 50 minutes oh, of my life. I'm listening to these two guys, right? And then he hangs up, and Mr. Buck says, I offered him the job in 1957 to join me and Joe Gergiola. Oh, man. I'm like, oh, you did? It's a yeah. true story. And wow. he's like, and, and so Jack's like, biggest blanking mistake he ever made. And I'm like, <laughs> it worked out. Okay. Like, it worked out okay. I don't know if that's a mistake because Jim Zobel's a household <laughs> oh, name and absolutely. like a legend and a hall of famer yeah. and everything else. But anyway, so that, I mean, you know, it's like a kid in a candy store oh. here. And then uh, get this job, and I had interned at CCO with Dark Star and John oh, Gordon yeah. and Steve Ank oh. and all these great. You probably worked with the Inkster oh, over the oh. years. Uh, and so it was just like you're, I'm just bouncing to these places. I grew up yeah. thinking, geez, if I ever could work there. Yeah. And I ended up yeah, working there. That's how I feel. It's crazy, too, you know? right? 
my favorite Jim Zobel story. I didn't know Jim very well. <laughs> yeah. Sat in a couple of bars with 10 other people yeah. in Jim sometime. But <laughs> somebody was saying, does Zobel live in Iowa City? No, he lives in Des Moines. He's, that's where the radio station is. Yeah, but how does he get from Des Moines to Iowa City, like for a football game, and back so fast? Well, apparently he had a deal with the state troopers. They just let that Cadillac <laughs> just, go. Just let it fly across. As long as <laughs> that he was stayed the awake. joke anyway. Yeah, because yeah. he had uh, yeah. he would fall asleep at the drop oh, of a hat. Yeah. So yeah, they had to. He had to make sure that uh, uh, that uh, I I ended up doing some high school state tournament games with Jim okay. in '99 and 2000. Okay. Uh, we we put together. They put together a statewide little network. Yeah. So it was so fun to yeah. work with Jim uh, doing the, the Boys and Girls State Tournament for a couple of years. I listened to his voice not, not, just this summer. I, for some reason, we were oh, it was a Title IX thing I was working on, and, and I was a kid. I was 10 years old. wasn't even 10 years old. 1968 Girls 6-on-6 six six State Championship game in Iowa. Epic game, you know, 116 yeah. to 110 in <laughs> overtime. You can find it on YouTube. And yeah. Jim Zobel did the play-by-play wow. by himself. Is that the right? The whole thing. I don't even know if there were if there were commercial breaks. They cut them out. Sure. The whole thing in the court at Vets Auditorium. Not one logo on the court. Not one word on the court. It was just. But yeah, we can talk great. about girls basketball forever. Forever. That's a whole. <laughs> that's a whole series of yeah. podcasts for sure. And that was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and then also at WMT, uh, the guy who owned the station. And you'll recognize this voice and uh, name is Frosty Mitchell. Oh, Frosty. So Frosty was kind of the Another TV legend. voice of of uh, the high school tournaments. Yes. And he some of the stuff uh, he would say, he'd get he'd try to get real clever with yes. his words. And um, I've I've used some of those over the years. Um, like if people hear me say, and I'll say it uh, during the football season, if if the Gophers are on defense and it's a home game, um, and you'll hear me say, the crowd's talking defense. Well, that's a total steal a of a Frosty Mitchell oh, line. Oh, that's awesome. And people though. will say, oh, that's a, that's a good line. And, sure. of course, I just, of course I of thought course of that. Yeah, you know, you heard it growing up, yeah. But uh, so Frosty had all these great lines. That, 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 uh, <coughs> you know, a lot of people have heard the, to, the term tiptoeing through the tulips and yep. stuff. And I don't know where that came from. But in sports vernacular, he invented it basically down there. So he owned WMT. He was my boss. And he liked me, too, which was good because then he helped me from that overnight one to three a.m. show making twelve thousand dollars a year to kind of I just wove my way up through yeah. news sports doing high school games and then eventually you know I was doing pregame and postgame for Iowa football sure. and then I did one year of Iowa women's basketball play by play before I went to St. Louis but yeah. Frosty Frosty Mitchell Ron Gonder all those guys I listened to them then I ended up working and knowing all of them it was yeah. amazing just yeah. like like uh, like like it's a you know like don't wake me up that that was how i felt you know? at the star tribune right. at the des moines register sure that's how i felt you know and i did work with sid got to know sid i didn't grow up knowing sid i didn't listen to wcco radio yeah. i was in iowa i didn't get this nobody i didn't know what the star tribune was yeah. first time i heard sid hartman's name I, i'm in the newsroom at the des moines register i'm a college kid it's a sunday afternoon the day before the Gophers and Hawkeyes had played football here at Memorial Stadium. And like the two or three or there might be two or three, four guys from the paper had been there, yeah. you know, writers, maybe a photographer. They're having a heated discussion. They're mad, <clears throat> not at each other. They're mad at somebody else. And I heard, I'll bleep out the obscenity, but yeah. I heard one of them say, that SOB thinks he owns that effing press box. And they were just so mad. And I kind of whispered to somebody sitting next to me, who are they talking about? And the answer was, oh, that GD Sid Hartman in Minneapolis. <laughs> that was the first time I heard, I told Sid that story once oh, and he man. laughed. Yeah. He there laughed. was some legendary story like in 1984, Sid got into it with, 
with one of the Iowa writers at the Metrodome. I, this was before um, I remember watching that game sure. on TV, and uh, it was Lou Holtz was coaching, and Iowa was supposed to be really good. And I, th- I can't remember, but Minnesota pulled a, a big upset. And uh, it was a big upset. And it might have been Al Grady or Gus Schrader. Oh, yeah. One of those yeah. two. And yeah. Sid, there's some story oh, somebody I'm sure. knows. I'm sure. Um, but they, like, got it. Like, they... They got into it. I believe it. They got into I th- it. I think Sid may have been a little bit of a homer. Yeah, maybe. And I think Al Grady or Gus <laughs> yeah, Schrader yeah, might have been too. too. And yeah. it had some. There was some punt return, and they were so into this game. It, the story somehow goes like I don't know if it was the I. I think Iowa did return a punt, and the, uh, one of the Iowa guys like followed the punt returner down the press box, going "Go," which is of course a no-no. And so that it they got into yeah. they got into well it, it happened so, I don't somehow, know if it happens yeah. now but yeah yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. yeah but uh, so there yeah there's so many of those good stories and it's such a good rivalry yeah. and then I when I interned at CCO um, with Steve Inc uh, he was he was guy the guy that basically yeah, and, I know Steve. And, and at that time John Gordon was doing they called it prep parade. And so they would do the scoreboard show. That's sure. that. Jo- sure. How John did the scoreboard show is I took that same strategy with me when I started in Cedar Rapids, where you'd get the districts. Um, and back then it was conferences. Right. This was before right. districts. You know, yep. it was the Lakes Conference and yep. whatever. And I I would type those all out for John during yep. the middle of the week, and then we would wait for scores. And so John Gordon, uh, this would be I, I'm tra- this was after the twin season was done. Yeah. And this would have been the, the the fall of '92. So John would host prep parade, and I forget what the uh, there was. It, it was a prep parade, was a scoreboard show, and there was another prep. What I would call high school coaches and set up interviews that John would record, and then they'd play them on Friday nights as okay. well. Yeah. I remember there were some, you know, Stillwater and Cambridge and all these great high school teams at the time, and I got to know them. Uh, Blaine was a legendary Nelson. Dave, Dave Nelson. Dave Nelson. Yeah. I set up an interview yeah. with, with him and yeah. John Gordon, and who was the Cambridge guy? George uh, Larson. George Larson, yeah. and uh, was it a Thole at uh, George Thole at George Stillwater? Thole. Yeah. So all these guys, Classics. I didn't know any of them. Giants. Didn't know of them because I grew up in Iowa. Yeah. So yeah. I'm calling these guys, and this is again pre-email. Uh, John Gordon wants to interview for five minutes. We'd tape it like on Thursday, and then yeah. we would play. I don't, I forget how it went, but it was so, it oh. was so cool. But anyway, Sid uh, would come in, and um, he would, he would always uh, get mad at people uh, if they committed to some other school, right? right? Oh, uh, so yeah. I was like, oh, that that guy's going to Wisconsin. I remember when uh, Carl McCullough. Remember him? He was a yes. like, great player for Creighton Durham. That was the year right. I was interning. Okay. And he committed to Wisconsin, and Sid just lost his mind Sid in, took it in personally. CCO. He just lost his mind. He'll never he get a job in this town. Never work in this town again, <laughs> right? Uh, so, it was, but that's the beauty yeah. of uh, high school sports, too, it's, right? Yeah. And Sid yeah. was into it. You know, he, he would show up it. at yeah. state tournaments occasionally. If Eden Prairie football was playing, Sid would be there. When when Tyus Jones was playing at Apple Valley, this yeah. is a classic Sid story. <laughs> I kind of thought I was kind of new with the high school league. Figured Sid might show up, and oh, here he comes! I can see him coming into Target Center. I'm at courtside, and I go greet him, put him right next to me. Somebody's got to help yeah. Sid, babysit yeah. Sid. Yes. And uh, he runs to get ice cream. I've got a famous photo, a selfie I took of <laughs> Sid with his ice cream. He didn't bring any for me. Um, and so after the game, this is like a state semifinal. It had to be a semifinal. Apple Valley wins, and he says, hey, John, after the game, can you get Tyus one-on-one with me? Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> so I go to the locker room, tell one of the coaches, hey, Sid would like to talk to Tyus first. Then we'll hand Tyus off to the mob yeah. of media. So I'm kinda, I kind of guide them back into a corner off the hallway in the Target Center. Sid's got the old tape recorder going on the microphone. He's talking. They're having a nice chat. I can't hear. I'm not. I'm kind of playing defense, keeping, keeping yeah. them so they can have their five minutes. Their little time, yeah. Okay, thank you, and— 
thanks, Tyus. I'll send, you know, go back down. The rest of the media is over here. And I do my other things. I'm just doing things in the hallway, waiting for the next game. I get back to my seat. Sid's got his tape recorder. He's pushing buttons and holding it up to his ear. Pushing buttons, turning up the so volume, like, holding yeah, it up to his ear. And Sid, what's wrong? He says, hey, John, I'm not hearing anything here. I don't know what happened. Can you here, take a look at, see if you can figure this out. I'm hitting rewind. I'm hitting play. I got the volume up. There's nothing on the tape. I said, Sid, there's nothing recorded here. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, when do they play again? I said, well, they play tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Okay, we'll do it again tomorrow. And he did. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> just, uh, Tyus, can we do this again with Sid? He had a Sid technical problem. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, uh, he, he wasn't phased at all. <laughs> I assumed that it happened that's before. That's amazing. We, um, we mentioned Bob Brooks. He was a, yeah. a, another one of the legendary, like Iowa. When I was growing up, they had five they had five guys announcing football, yeah. right? And three, there were basically three networks. And then for home games, two more local stations would pay this separate rights fee just to do the home games, Mason City and wow. Iowa City. Okay. And then that slowly whittled down. And then yeah. in 97 or so, they went exclusive. Right. But So Bob Brooks, legendary Hall of Famer. Sure. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, and he was like Sid. He had this old tape recorder. And he would do, <laughs> he would he would record it. And then back then, we would have what they, they for lack of a better term, they look like eight tracks. Yeah. And they were called carts. And so yep. we'd record a soundbite onto that. And then as you're anchoring a sportscast, you'd say, you know, uh, because that at that time I'll say, Dr. Tom Davis says the Hawkeyes, da-da-da. And then you'd hit the cart and you'd play the soundbite. So much easier now with digital. Right. You know, we because you could even edit. Like Do- Tom Davis was awful to cut up on carts because he would he would start talking and then get sidetracked and then get back to the point. Well, digital, if we had digital back then, we would have had, you know, 15 seconds would have been the soundbite, but right. it, it, sometimes it took a minute for Tom to get to his point. Anyway, that's a sidebar. He, uh, Bob Brooks would cue up the cassette recorder. He didn't have time or didn't feel like he wanted to do a cart, and he would just hold it up to the microphone. So he'd go, uh, you know, he'd go, uh, uh, Dr. Tom Davis says the Gophers are a good challenge. And you could hear this click. Play. <laughs> and then it'd play, and then you hear this click, and it'd stop, and then he'd set it down, and then hey. he'd continue with the sports kit. It worked. All the way to the end. Oh. So I'm at an Iowa-Illinois game when D. Brown, for remember D. Brown? Yeah. That was a really good team. Bruce yeah. Weber was the coach. So um, I was actually working in St. Louis at the time, and we kind of peripherally covered Illinois. Sure. It would give me a chance, hey, I'm going to go back and visit my mom and dad, and I'll just buzz down and get some yeah. audio for, for Illinois for, for yep. KMOX. So I'm down in the locker room. And uh, Brooksy's walking down there with his with this old school, and it was older than Sid. Sid at least had this updated Sony right. that was pretty good. Yeah. Like it was an expensive. That was like a five hundred dollar yeah. recorder. Shoulder strap, shoulder strap, microphone. This cord. was like the old school. You know, like twelve inches long by six inches, yeah. and it pop out. Jeez. And so he would, and he'd just hold it with both hands up here. So D Brown. Is uh, we're, we're, I'm standing. I got a mic in front of D Brown, and there's a couple of beat guy, beat reporters. Uh, Lauren Tate's there, you know, the yeah. legendary. He's the Sid Hartman of Champagne, great right. guy, um, and and Bob Brooks, and he's standing there. He's holding this recorder up to his cheek because up, up to D Brown's cheek because it's this old tape recorder. And it's got the external, yeah. you know, the built-in mic in yeah. it. And D Brown, <laughs> D Brown looks. He goes, "What man? Is that a VCR?" <laughs> It's like, no, no, oh, it's a tape recorder. He had no that's... idea what it was. He's like, that a VCR, man? <laughs> that's unbelievable. And now, you know, go from that to like when I'm interviewing people in person, I've yeah. got an app on my phone. Just a phone recorder. Not only records it, transcribes yes. every word. I email it to myself. Yes. I go back and listen to make sure I, I sometimes it's not perfect. Yeah. But it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I've got audio. I've got a transcription. It's, <laughs> it's not a VCR. It's not a VCR in my pocket. No. That's one of the all-time great stories. <laughs> oh, he awesome. also had a, 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 a Brooks, he brought in the tape recorder and set it in front of, uh, I think Iowa played like Pitt. 
Pat Narduzzi, and he just sets the he sets the recorder down and clunk, and he tried to hit record and he hit rewind. So in the middle of the answer, it's like, <laughs> and he's trying to find the button. So oh. finally, hits the record button, and Nardu in Iowa, I think it like kicked a 55-yard field goal to win it. So Narduzzi's not in a great mood anyway, and he's I think he's a little testy to top it off. That but he without without even he just looks over, looks down, things will. Stop, hit record. He just looks at me and goes, now that's old school. <laughs> he got that's it. it. That's he it. got it. Oh. He's like, that's old school. And that's that, awesome. And that was it. That was, that's uh, cool. He, he continued with his answer. Oh, but, that's uh, yeah. Those are, yeah, those those guys, uh, we'll not see the likes of them because no. the times have changed. You know, we just lost so Vin Scully, the same. Oh, you know, yeah. No one will be, you know, for They'll a long time be. people tried to be Vin Scully. No one could be. And now, you know, we've, we've uh, you know, obviously moved on from that. But yeah. it's, uh, it's so different. It's, a, it's, it's, not, a, it's, it's not better time. or worse, no, but it's different. It's different, that's for sure. And the whole... You know, you talk about Iowa football having five or seven different yes. broadcasts, you know, going. You can go down the dial and listen to whoever you like, and that's not coming back. That's you know? not coming that's back. All, you know, occasionally there might be a high school game where there will be two radio stations. Yeah. But that's yeah. maybe the closest thing. That's it. And yeah. now high school, like there's high schools now that are creating their own little network yeah. right. uh, based through their own webpage. You know? and, and I think COVID, as bad as COVID was on mm-hmm. everybody, including high school sports, if there's a positive, it's yeah. that everybody, every, every, almost every school in the state figured out how to live stream stuff because yeah. you couldn't come. Right. There was a limited number of spectators. So whether they use YouTube, they use Facebook, they have their own system. It's, it's phenomenal. I mean, basically, and people used to be scared of that. Well, geez, people, will people come to the games? They'll still come to the yeah. games. They'll yeah. still come. But, yeah, it's great now because everybody does that yeah. for whatever they can. You know, in the gym, it's easy. Yep. Football, people do it all the time. And maybe golf and tennis are a little different. But, yeah, you They do might it. get a couple, though, you know, yeah. over the course of a year. Yeah. And, it's, and it's cool, too, because grandpa and grandma in right. Fort Lauderdale exactly or wherever, right. they get to tune in and watch their grandkids. Yeah, not that I'm any, any smart guy, but when I was talking— to Dave Stead about this yeah. job he was creating, I remember having a. We met for lunch a couple times. Just to, he he really wanted it. Yeah. He really picked my brain, and, and I don't know at what point I thought, "Oh, this sounds like a good job." But the internet was still. It's twenty nine. We're talking about. So I was yeah. hired in March of twenty ten. But I remember we were having a discussion about the possibilities of putting high school games. Not on TV, online. Mm-hmm. And we had that same discussion. Yeah, if Grandma and Grandpa in Florida want to yep. watch the Hutchinson High School volleyball yes. team, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. We both kind of shook our heads. We had no idea how that would it's, work. It's, it's but, not every match maybe, but there's yeah. certainly a chance. And now this, all the state tournaments are oh, either streamed or on TV, yeah. which is every, great. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah that's, that whole thing has revolutionized yeah. high school sports. Has it kind of set the tone, too, for other states? Do they kind of try to copy that? Yeah, little? we're pretty far ahead of the curve nationally yeah. in a lot of ways, you know, our adapted sports. We started that, I don't know, way before I came around for kids who normally wouldn't be part of the team. Now they have their own teams and state tournaments are just the same, same trophies, same medals, same ceremonies. But yeah, I think we, it's it's funny, it's kind of hit and miss around the country. The National Federation of State High School Associations, that's like, they're in Indianapolis, right next door to the NCAA. Um, they have uh, the NFHS network, which a pretty good number of states are on that. But I've, you know, you go to the NFHS network website. Well, now you got to find your state, then you got to find your game, and I, yeah. you can bookmark those. But yeah, I think we're ahead of the curve yeah. on that. Um, just and with our streaming of state tournaments, it's a revenue source for the league. Yeah. Originally, people could watch those those games streamed for free. 
the streaming partner we work with eventually started charging and, and people people's heads explodes because you got to pay nine dollars yep. to watch a state term for one year people some people are mad now it's that's a, that's the way the world is yep. so it's it's a revenue stream for the not only the streaming company but for the high school sure. which means it's a revenue stream for all our schools yeah so yeah it's been phenomenal it's awesome it has uh, is there uh any big issues right now nil for high schoolers maybe that was yeah we name image and likeness for yeah. high schools it's a thing Wow. And our board of directors, just in the last, since the spring and summer, they have approved a policy. The high school league has a policy. And when this first was announced, I put it on Twitter, um, people say, oh, it's all about the money for the high school league. Because that's that's like the mm -hmm. default reaction. Yes. To, How is the high school league going to make money? They're not. Yeah, right. I said, high school kids will be able to make a little bit of money. But the reason the high school league has a policy is so that kids stay eligible. Yeah. If they – so the schools, you know, and administrators and athletic directors, they've been asking the questions. What do we do with this? What if – you know, and the example I've used, if, if you're in a small town and there's one car dealership and they buy an ad in the weekly paper every week and they want to put a high school athlete in the ad – they can do that. They can give the kid 20 bucks, yeah. but the kid can't be identified, can't wear a uniform, okay. can't technically be identified as the star football player at, at the local high school, but everybody knows who they are. Yeah. It's just like the college NIL yeah. things. There's, there's rules. And we have some high school kids right now making a little, who are making a little bit from yeah. this. I'm, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't. Now, can they one, can they tweet um, like one of the things I know with the with some of the Gophers and yeah. and it still all has to get approved which right. in terms of like they just can't go into um, you know I'm just going to throw out like Al's Diner on campus yeah. or they can't go into Tony's and and if Tony says hey tweet out you're eating here and all it's on the house right. I don't think they can do that they they right. could but it has to get approved okay and if it gets approved then it's legal so like Tanner Morgan could go in there get it approved and then Tony can say hey. Tweet it out. Say yeah. you're eating here. Yeah. It's on me. As long as it's approved. I mean, and some of that probably <coughs> happens at campuses all over the country sure. for years, sure. right? Sure. I mean, Twitter, no, but, oh, you yeah. know, different, yeah. hey, hey, meals yeah, we'll on me. This, yeah. But this is now technically, you can do it. Right. You've got to get it approved through compliance. Yeah. Um, can, could a high schooler do that? Could he go to Ma's Diner in yeah, downtown Laverne? That's and, a great question. I don't know, know if our, I don't think our policy has anything about social yeah. media. Star high school kids could always, yeah. could always do that. Yes. I'm at McDonald's in Glencoe. Sure. You know, or I just picked up some... I got a got a hot dog at Casey's. Right, but they couldn't get like do this. It's free. Right. So now tweet it out. So I wonder that may be a gray area. Might be gray. I don't hey, know. Might have to. Look I'm always looking for those <laughs> loopholes. You know, I'm always looking for those loopholes. Uh, shot clock. That's the yeah. is that starting this year? Officially starting in another year. This okay. coming basketball season, they're allowed. Okay. But and I think I think basically it's going to be conference by conference okay. this winter. Yep. If all if all the schools in a conference have shot clocks, they want to use them for conference games. They can. Yeah. Not in section tournaments, state tournaments. Nope. No. But the not so twenty two twenty three, it's optional. Twenty three twenty four. Every gym every, in the state every, will have shot clocks for varsity only. Is that um, what is how long? What would it be? A thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. I think, it's I think that's the right number. I do too. Yeah, and I, you know this debate's been raging for a long yeah. time, and and it it really got going when the National Federation about a year ago said they basically said you can't have shot clocks. Well, nine or ten states have had them, some for a mm -hmm. long time, mm -hmm. some for boys, some for girls, some for both, different classes. When the National Federation kind of took the shackles off, that's it, it opened it up. So yeah. I think it's going to be 
most states will have it before long. Two things follow up on that. Now you need someone at every yes. game to run it. To me, that might be the biggest issue That's, of the whole thing, isn't it? I think it? there were two things. The cost. Yep. Some of these tiny schools. I've had— I, I, What I does talk, a shot clock cost? couple thousand dollars maybe yeah, depending you know and, you know and some of these more modern gyms the wiring isn't an issue but you go to some of these 100 sure. year old gyms and I've been in them yeah. you got to get an electrician in there and it's not a simple yeah. job but I've especially at smaller schools athletic directors have told me we can come up with the money somehow booster club we'll we'll do a GoFundMe will yeah. take donate. We yeah. we can pay for them, but now it's like hiring another official. Yeah. You know, you got to have somebody. You got to have a backup person in case somebody can't make it. You got to yeah. have, and they have to be trained. Yeah, and I've talked because it's not as easy as you think. No, it's not because there's specific rules and right. I've yeah. talked to high school basketball officials who also do Division two, Division yep. three. And it's it's they were not optimistic that this was going to be a smooth transition yeah. on the high school, probably and it be, won't. There'll be. be some issues, but, but you got to live with it. it it'll be fine. Yeah. And I, I've I've never taken a stance on it. Basketball coaches in Minnesota have wanted it, especially the big schools. Been pushing it a long time. They did a good job, and we're all we're all going. Every gym's going to have yeah. them. It's going. I don't think it's going to impact the game severely. Right. We won't have those one or two games a year where one it's team to six holds the ball. Right. That's not going to happen. Yeah. That's fine. Unless they all miss shots. That's they'll, they'll <laughs> not be back happen. As long as you're yeah, taking they, the shot. Yeah. If they, if, it was, if they all were shoot like me, it'd be eight six at <laughs> halftime anyway. I did in a high school game, tenth grade game at Dyersville Beckman. The coach told me at halftime, unless it's a, don't shoot unless it's a layup. And my buddies still talk about it. They call that the grim. You got grimmed. <laughs> So if you went to Manchester, anybody around the class of 88, 89, or 90 and said you got grimmed, it meant you didn't have you didn't get to shoot anymore. <laughs> You're not allowed yes. to shoot. Not allowed to shoot. Well, my illustrious basketball career lasted through 10th grade. Yeah. I was not a basketball player. Yeah. I did, after that, I didn't play basketball. I just lifted weights for track. And, you know, in Iowa, high school baseball and softball are in the summer. summer yeah. So you could be a five-sport athlete. Yeah. Football, for me, basketball for first two years of high school. In the spring, I was on the track team and the golf team because my school oh, wow. was so small. Yeah. You had to do that. And then baseball in the summer. Yeah. But so I decided, I'm not doing this basketball team any good. I, I, I'm not doing me any good. So as a junior, I don't go out for basketball. And the Gretinger Pirates go to the state tournament for the first time ever. It was addition by subtraction. Oh, a, you're the good luck charm. Yes, the good luck charm. I was there with a media pass. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Sitting on the on the uh, rail up there. The, veterans. the start of oh, the career right that there. That was one of them. Yes, well, awesome. actually, the start came uh, early in my 10th grade year. I was, you know, surrounded by teachers and coaches. Yeah. But my English teacher, the late, great Mrs. Sally White, um, and I've told this to a lot of people, the Gretinger Times, the weekly paper then and now, well, then had high school kids writing about the mm -hmm. sporting Games. events. Yeah. And I don't know who'd been doing it. Somebody must have graduated. So school had just started. I'm on the football team. I'm in 10th grade. Mrs. White pulls me aside. Hey, John. The paper's looking for somebody to write the stories from the football games. You're on the team, and you can write. You can do this. And, of course, my first question was, will they pay me? Yeah. They will not. But for the <laughs> for the guy playing offensive yeah. line, whose name is not going to be in yeah. the stories, by John Malay at the top. So yeah. I basically 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, I did that wow. for every sporting event, whether I was on the team or not. That's great. Great training. Took pictures, you know, for the games I wasn't. Yeah. Of the basketball team, once I was off, I stood on you, the, you could, in the baseline and took pictures. And, wow. and just, and then you know, and I, my other, as I said earlier, my other thought of as a career was education, teaching, and coaching. And there wasn't 
anything close to a real journalist within 50 miles. There were no daily newspapers. Well, the Spencer paper might have been a daily back then. I didn't know anybody there. But I knew lots of teachers and coaches, including yeah. my mom. Of the ones I, I canvassed, the, the answer was unanimous. Education or journalism, everybody in education without hesitation said, oh, that's easy. Go into journalism. It's got to be better than teaching. <laughs> and what I learned since was if I would have asked the same number of journalists, they sure. would have said, that's easy. Go into teaching. teaching. It's got to yeah. be better than this. Yeah. So, Do you think if you didn't do that, you'd be co coaching probably, and teaching? Yeah, probably. I, I think that's what I would do, Teaching history and, yeah. and doing some coaching, probably. people said, if you didn't get into radio, what would you do? And I said, I'd, I'd want to be a high school. I'd want to be a high school baseball coach. That's in my days of covering, especially pro sports. I asked that several times. To I yeah. asked Ron Gardenhire one yeah. time in, in the clubhouse in his office. I was there with shepherding some high school kids interested in journalism. I would take them to a Twins game yeah. and a Timberwolves game and kind of get a let them get a taste behind the scenes. And I'm in there with these kids, and they're asking good questions. I think this is, this probably was before the game. Dustin Morris allowed us to yeah. be in there, and and I said, Hey, Gardy, I got a question. If you hadn't been in baseball, what would you have done? And he stopped and thought for a second. It's it's really interesting, you know, sure. people who are so embedded in a He's career. He's a lifer, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and he 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 hesitated. And he said, you know, I would have gone in the military, John. I'd probably still be in the military today. Wow. Grew up in a military family. Yeah. And I said, That's really interesting. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That so, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we talked uh, – we got sidetracked there on the on the shot clock. So yeah. uh, the cost and then the staffing of it because right. uh, one of our family friends is at, at Lakeville North. She's in charge of scheduling, uh, you know, the person who runs the scoreboard, yep. the person who watches the north entrance, the person who watches the south entrance, sure. which oftentimes is my wife, uh, <laughs> and then and different things. And you, they get paid a little bit to do that. Sure. But the scheduling is a nightmare sometimes. So now you add another position right. that has to – it can't just be anybody because right. it's got to be someone that knows the rules yeah. and knows when to start and yep. stop. And yeah. uh, so that, that probably adds an additional I think, layer. I th yeah, I think we're going to see officials call timeouts to consult with the shot clock person. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be going to video replay. Yeah, we can not. do that at state tournaments, <laughs> hockey and basketball. Yeah. We can, And we've done that. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be a huge... Yeah, I think after a year or two, nobody will even notice until the, the shot deal. clock gets down to four. And but officiating, yeah. um, there is a shortage, and we're having yes. issues where some high school games because uh, crews are going to have to work both right. Thursday and Friday. The games are getting pushed yeah, off football is a tough one because you know all these. Not every school has football, but there's a ton but of most, football. Right? I mean, and Friday night is football, but a lot of Thursday games. This isn't new. Last couple of yeah. years, COVID didn't help. A lot of older officials in all sports decided I'm not going to do it, and they're. Decide not to come back, perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, a lot of football games on Thursdays, Saturdays, um, just just to have just enough because officials. officials. There's not enough there's for not one enough night. officials. So a crew may work a. They could work Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh yeah, I've right? known crews that work two games the same day. Wow, you know, and and that's not optimal. But if they can get there, they'll do it. But it's it's across the board and basically all sports across the country. What's the solution? Yeah, I think there's two things. Fans have to treat, and coaches, Radio and announcers. athletes, everybody has to treat yeah. officials better. Because mm -hmm. if they go away, we don't have a game. Yeah. And they could be paid more. And I don't know how you unlock that riddle. Because right. that goes back to school funding. And, yes. you know, do you have do you have GoFundMes to pay officials? I don't know. Do you have booster clubs pass the hat to pay? I don't know. Right. But, but that's I think that would help a lot. And, and across the country, Groups like the high school league, the national federation, this is a big, big important effort to yeah. get people to do it. Um, I am actually, I've been talking about this so long 
I thought it's time to walk the walk. So I'm in the process of becoming a certified track and field official. Really? Because I'm a big track and field. I'm yeah. a Drake graduate. Yeah. Drake, Drake relays, relays the baby, whole thing. No doubt. I'm a huge track fan. Um, so I'm in the process of completing the requirements. I've taken my concussion training and yeah. I got to do some online rules meetings. And I don't know that I'll ever work at a track meet, but I, w- I made the mistake at, at the state track meet this spring telling a couple of long time track and field officials who are great at what they do. And I know these guys, when they heard me saying I'm becoming certified, they immediately want to get get my schedule full yes. of track meets because, yes. John, we need people. That's We're desperate awesome, here. So That's great. I could, I could yeah. measure at the long jump pit or, wow. you know, the shot put, whatever. I'm not going to be – I told my wife, I'm not buying a starter's pistol and a little ladder. Don't worry. I'm not doing that. Yeah. But I just feel like I need to – maybe set some kind of an example sure. here. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Drake Relays, you mentioned that. Um, we're already over an hour here, so we'll we'll uh, we'll shut her down in a minute. But I do have a Drake Relay story, and everyone has a Drake Relay yeah. story. Um, so I'm covering the Drake Relays for WMT. We would go over and do reports. And Ron Gonder, who we talked about, he was the voice of yeah. one of the voices of Iowa football and my boss. So he's back at the studio, and he sends it to me for the report. And it was kind of a rainy morning, so it was it – was, um, at that time, it was I, – I, I don't know if it's still natural grass in the middle. It might turf. be the fake turf And they've now. raised it up raised now. It, it used up. to be a bowl kind of yeah. down there below the track. Yeah. It's all flat now with, gotcha. with well, turf. It's a beautiful blue track, yeah. right? And um, who was a legendary announcer? Uh, oh, Jim uh, Jim Duncan. Jim Duncan. Right. So he – My great regret at Drake University, I never took a class with Jim, Jim Duncan, Duncan. He, who was like a radio – Guy. Radio guy, and then he'd do the, the you know do the Drake relays, and that was a, my first because I wasn't a track guy. I didn't have the I didn't have the cardiovascular system to to be a track guy. Oh, I didn't either. I was a oh, thrower. Man, you well, don't need I, anything. I, I, I was too small. <laughs> as 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 hard as I believe, looking at me now, I was like 145 pounds in high school, okay. so I couldn't throw a shot put. I had a good arm in baseball for some reason, but <laughs> I would have to throw the shot put like a baseball. There anyway, <laughs> so um, I I wasn't I hadn't even gone to see my buddies at a track meet, and I was captured by. The PA announcer at track meets cheering, cheering guys yeah. in and ha- getting the crowd going. It was yeah. I just was captivated by yeah. that. And the Drake relays was legitimately the first oh. track meet I'd ever been to. Okay. I mean, good. I'd watched them, you know, watch yeah. the Olympics or sure. whatever, and I knew enough to do a couple two minute reports sure. during Drake yeah. relays. So Gonder sends it to me. He says we're going out to the Drake relays, Drake Stadium. Here's Mike Grimm with an update, and I'm like, okay, Animosa's, you know, I don't know the names. Tom Jones won the 100, and yeah. you know, North Cedar did this, and Cedar Rapids Jefferson guy did this, and it had rained that morning. So um, one of the guys that won had gone in to hug his uh, coach and they, they, he fell. Oh, so yeah. he's, he's got mud up down and down. on the slope, down so to the football field. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say that he got, that uh, this guy won it. And then he went to embrace his coach. And I said, and I was trying to see he got dirty or he got muddy. And I said, he soiled himself. <laughs> That's a different deal. And that's a different deal. <laughs> and Ron uh, had that same reaction on the other end. He's just laughing. He couldn't compose himself. Oh, no. He was laughing so Soiled hard. Himself. And I'm like, I'm like, what did I say? Because I didn't, I thought, you know, right. I, I mean, I know what, oh. I didn't even know what I said. Yeah. I, I thought I would say, yeah, he got all muddy or whatever. And it just popped out and I didn't even realize it. And he can't talk. So yeah, who I forget who this sure. this guy was, but I'm like, hey, he uh, won the championship and then soiled himself. Oh, and Ron go. just breaks out laughing. Oh. So that's my Drake Relays uh, Well, I was, memory. I grew up. Going to the relay. Well, I didn't grow up going to when I was a student there, and, yeah. and high school state meets are there. And don't get me started on Minnesota could become a track state if we had yeah. a facility like that. We don't. Yeah. But um, I was down there not too many years ago for the USA Track and Field National Championships. Were there back to back years? You know, all these Olympians, these famous track athletes, and 
and my wife knows the drill. We're going to go to Des Moines. That's yeah. where we live when we got married. Yeah. We have family there. She's going to drop me off at Drake Stadium. She's going to go to the mall with her sister, yeah. and I'll call her when you can pick me up at McDonald's <laughs> down the street. Yes. So this summer, this past summer, the uh, World Track and Field Championships were in Eugene, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So, and in June, my wife and I celebrated our 40th anniversary. And I, I marked the occasion by testing positive for COVID oh. that day. But early on in the year, we were kind of, what do you want to do for a 40th anniversary? What do you want to We can go to California, see our grandkids. We do that anyway. We, probably, we ended up doing that, which was great. But I said, honey, uh, the U.S., the World Track and Field Championships, you know, her, all, all, her eyes are rolling already, right, yeah. are over like 10 days in Eugene, Oregon. And she said, have a good time. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> That'll be fun for you. <laughs> yeah, have a great time. Show me some pictures when you get home. <laughs> that's uh, that's amazing. One of the things I liked about Drake was um, it was it was high schoolers all over, colleges from all over, yeah. small colleges from yeah. all over, and then they even had some pros that yeah. would come in and do exhibitions. Yeah. You know, it was just and they also it was I think they still huge. do middle school relay races yeah, for the right. Des Moines middle schools. Yes. Come in here as a seventh grader. Yeah. Run a relay in Drake Stadium. And after that, we're going to have yeah. a couple of Olympians on the track. No doubt. It's great. It's no great. Doubt. I wish I could um, get down there more often. You mentioned the facility. So the Gophers just built a, like a $17 million track. Yeah. Is there any, is it, what's the deal there? Here's, Can, here's there, my problem. Yeah. When they built that, the other option was, you know, on the St. Paul campus. Yep. Where we already have a great women's soccer stadium, yes. where there's plenty of parking. It's right by the fairgrounds, the golf course over there. They did the best thing for Gophers track and field by building it on campus. It's a the footprint is really jammed in yeah. there. I've I've walked around. I haven't been there for a meet. I know people who work at meets there. They yeah. love it. They just had the Big Tens. Yeah, they had yeah. the Big Tens there this spring. One issue with, and the U did. They thought they invited the high school league to bring our state meet there. There were issues. One is just. People are intimidated by the traffic. People yeah. coming from outstate. True. Even if you're going to go to Williams Arena, who doesn't want to go to Williams Arena? Yeah. But it's it's intimidating. Parking can be expensive. Just the in and out. And this it wouldn't be any easier. The other thing was um, we have like a awards tent in the middle of the field. We have a medical tent. We have a procedure we, we do. The only place to throw the discus at the new track is on the infield. Well, we'd have to tell the discus throwers, we're sending you to the closest high school that has a good discus. Gotcha. We don't want to move them off. Yeah. But I think if, if they had built it in, on the St. Paul campus, By the soccer, clearly yeah. the, the athletes on campus, they want their facility right there. Yeah. There's a private road between the two. I take it when I go to the state fair. We yep. park at the at, at the stadium, at the campus, get on the bus, 10 minutes. I, 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 in hindsight, maybe what they could have done, and again, nobody should ask me because I don't know anything, <laughs> put a track on campus just for practice. Yeah. Don't you don't need the bells and whistles. Just put a track there. Put all the facilities. All the track athletes can work out all they want. Then build a super nice. I'm not saying Drake Stadium. Yeah. Build a competitive facility with 10,000 seats or mm-hmm. whatever on the St. Paul campus where it be, oh, we're, it's by the fairgrounds. Oh, that's yeah. easy. That's easy in and out. So I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm not an expert, but yeah. I, I always tell people in Minnesota, I, growing up in a track state, yeah. which Iowa is because it, of Drake Stadium, of Drake, Drake yeah. Relays, the high school kids run there. I know what that can be like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I lived in Arizona. That's They produce a lot of great track athletes because of the climate, but they don't have a stadium that – like, like Drake's, like Drake's there just aren't yeah. that many. You know? aren't. So, no, I, 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 uh, 
I don't. Ha- I, I'm not smart enough yeah. to answer anything, and that's the beauty. No, of, the beauty of being me, Mike. I don't. I don't. I don't have any responsibility. You get to drive. Is it still a Toyota? You're I, driving I, around. It's Toyota is so good to the high school yeah. league. This is. I'm on my third Camry. Yeah. This goes through the great people at Maplewood Toyota. They provide a car at the high school league for free. A high school wow. league pays for insurance and gas. Yep. I drive it. There, the leases are three years. I'm getting near the end of the third one, so it's been nine years. Just wow. found out last week. The fourth one is is being prepared now. The car is at Maplewood Toyota. They got to get the graphics all over it, and I'll be out there with a the new one. And Amazing. away we go. Yeah, I pile on the miles too. <laughs> I bet all over. The, well, the state's so big. Oh, so big. Her, uh, Pat Royce had commented, "Who are the two uh, baseball uh, teams that played each other?" Oh, like Rose, Roso and Fairmont. Yeah, and so couldn't be wh- farther. Whatever apart. it was, and, and I, the state championship. So I, I when when he tweeted that out, I looked, and I, so I live in Lakeville. Yeah. I said it's the equivalent. Of Lakeville North or South or whoever yeah. playing Jefferson City, Missouri. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the that's distance. And I've been within to, twenty minutes. That's the distance. That's it. I, I was it's crazy. I, I've been to those Canadian border cities a lot. <laughs> miles I was Roseau for a hockey game. Yeah. I've been to Fairmont. I know exactly how far apart those are. It's cool yeah. when they come to town. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, who uh, you have a sponsor for the preps today with John? Yeah, Moore. our longtime sponsor is the Pizza Barn in Princeton, uh, right in downtown Princeton. Jody Stay runs the operation there. It's such a great booster of not just high school sports, but just community events in Princeton and the area. We're so proud that that they've become our our sponsor almost from the get-go. I mean, it was early on. We're past 200 episodes. Jody and the Pizza Barn have been there for most of them. And they have a food truck. Another food truck is coming shortly. Uh, business is good. They survived the pandemic. They employ all these great kids in Princeton. Jim and I have done our podcast from there several times. Yeah. And I, if I'm going through Princeton and I, and I can, I stop in just to say hi to everybody. And and I'll, a pizza will will appear from the kitchen Boom. back there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's just a great great amenity for Princeton. And and they do charity things. They employ kids and. So the Pizza Barn in Princeton is is number one with me, Mike. Yeah, thumbs up, no doubt. We just uh, added a new sponsor. We have a couple, but the newest one we want to talk about for us on the Go Gopher podcast, again, in, in its infancy comparison to you, just episode 33. Sure. Hopefully we make it to 212 <laughs> like you are this week. But uh, Affinity Plus, it's a local credit union proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. Uh, and from a Gopher standpoint, if you're a current Gopher student or an alum, you're eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of the branches, including one right near campus in Minneapolis on University. To learn more or to find another way to connect, you can go to affinityplus.org dash go gophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. And our thanks to them for sponsoring the Go Gopher podcast. John, this was fun. We could go another hour. We're already at an hour and, what, 15 minutes here. Couple of guys from fun. small town guys couple from Iowa. Small town Iowa living dudes. the good yeah, life. Exactly. I'm going to put this on repeat. I'm just going to listen over and over all week. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Maybe all our all our friends and families in Iowa yes. will, will listen. to no this. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Good to see you. Thanks, Mike. There it is. Our co-podcast, John Malay and me. We hope you enjoyed the Go Gopher podcast episode number 33. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. And again, welcome to our new partner, Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. So many great people there. We're proud to talk about them. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts. And right now, please be sure to click the subscribe button to listen at any time absolutely free. 
Please share the link as well on your social media channels. We'll talk again next week.